messed up. Our world is jacked up. And because of our world being messed up and broken and jacked up, right, the world in and of itself has decided to go way outside this circle, and that includes pornography. Now, I want to share two quick stories before we get started tonight. Actually, let me give you this. Let me give you the bottom line. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, that's fine. But if you're taking notes, here's a simple bottom line, and I'm going to break down what this means, okay? Pornography is always making a deal, and it will always rip you off. That's what the bottom line is tonight. Pornography or porn is always making a deal, and it will always rip you off. It's always making a deal, and it will always rip you off. Now, I want you guys to think about something. Here's the thing about obsessed people, right, is that obsessed people make some pretty crazy decisions, right? For example, some of you guys, I'm not picking on you, but some of you are obsessed with, uh, like, Jordan shoes, Michael Jordan shoes or... KDs, you know what I'm saying? And here's the deal, here's the deal. Shh, listen up, listen up. It's not an invitation to talk. It's just an invitation to stay with me, engaged in the talk, okay? Listen up. But some of you, you are so obsessed, right, that you will spend, you will spend all your birthday money, all your Christmas money. I mean, I looked online the other day, and I think one of the, one of the pairs of KDs I saw were like 300 bucks? For real? I mean, when I was your age, 150 on Air Max was a big deal, okay? So $300, and here's the thing, man. Here's the thing, right? Those KDs, for a short period of time, are shiny, and they look good, and they're awesome, right? And I'm not saying that they're a ripoff. I'm not saying that at all, okay? But I'm saying that obsessed people make some incredible, crazy uh, decisions. There's one thing that I want to share, share with you guys, one story. How many of you guys, probably not, I don't think it's even uh, happening anymore, but anybody in here collect baseball cards or basketball cards, football cards? Okay, when I was in middle school, that was like the thing to collect, man. People collected baseball cards. And there was, get this, man, there was a guy who played in the major leagues. His name was Honus Wagner. Any older people know who I'm talking about? Honus Wagner, all right? A legend in the game of baseball. Now, I want you to listen to this, okay? This is crazy, all right? In 2000, in the year 2000, okay, his baseball card, okay, was $1.26 million. Somebody paid $1.26 million to get his baseball card. Crazy, right? obsessed, right? Somebody has to be really obsessed, okay, to make a decision like that. And when it comes to pornography, if we think about it, it's about an obsession. It may be an obsession to, um, to satisfy curiosity. It may be an obsession to um, do something because you're bored. It may be an obsession because you want to see beautiful girls. But pornography is an obsession, and it's not a good one. And guys in the back, I really don't need to hear what you're saying. Thank you. And I want to share two stories with you really quick, because I want you to understand the seriousness of this picture. 
Because the reality is some of you walked into this room tonight and some of you are not taking this part of life very seriously. You don't think it's very, a very big deal at all. You think it's no big deal. And, and understand what I am not here to do tonight. I am not here in any way, shape, or form, gentlemen, to make you feel guilty. That's not my job. So I don't want that for you. I'm not here to guilt you. I'm not here to make you uncomfortable. And here's the thing. I'm not here to give you a cure that will cause you to never want to look at something inappropriate again. I wish I had that cure. I don't have that. But what I want to do tonight is I want you to just see a different perspective or I want you to look from a different lens when it comes to this part of what the world says is okay. When in reality it's, it's not. Two stories. One story is simply this. There was a guy named Ted Bundy. You guys may know who Ted Bundy is. You may not. Ted Bundy was a guy who basically went to the electric chair because what he would do is he would find women, okay? He would find women, he would have his way with these women, and then he would kill them. Listen up. And so Ted Bundy, a few years back, okay, he was being interviewed. Supposedly while he was in jail, praise the Lord, he found Christ. He got saved, he made a profession of faith, and then he agreed to do an interview with a guy named Charles Dobson. Charles Dobson sitting across the table, much like this from a guy named Ted Bunny. He says, Ted, can you just tell us, man, if you could have done one thing different, what would you have done? And this is what Ted Bunny said. He said, Charles, that's a very easy answer. I would have never looked at my dad's magazines. Now, I realize that your dad's magazines probably are irrelevant because this is so easily accessible in our world. But I want you to know, and I want you to see the seriousness of this issue. See, Ted Bundy, it brought him down a road. It started with seeing an image in a magazine, and it brought him all the way down to a road where he was having his way with women, women killing them, okay, and then he got convicted into jail and went to the electric chair. Students, if you, if you don't get anything else from tonight other than, wow, this is some serious stuff, then we've won. It's a serious, serious issue. Second story, I've got a really good friend of mine. I'll refrain from saying any names or any areas, but really good friend of mine on, that was on staff at a church. A church much like this one, pretty large church used to be involved in youth ministry. Then he became a campus pastor of one of the campuses. And it came out about three weeks ago. A good friend of mine, heart breaks for him. Sat across the table from the senior pastor of the church. And he admitted to having 15 years worth of, let's just call it a, a sexual um, addiction. 15 years of a sexual addiction. This guy is married with three kids, right? And now he's resigned from a church and he's in a program for 90 days with no communication so he can get healed. And you know what he said? He said, It all started with pornography. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. And I'm not here to give you a cure, but I want you to understand the seriousness 
of this sin. And see, students, the world will have it no other way than for you to put your eyes on whatever you want and do whatever you want and surf the web and go wherever you want. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to hear me out. It will destroy you. And it will tear you up from the inside out. And it will affect the way that you view women. It will affect when you start dating and getting into relationships with girls. And again, the intention tonight is not to scare you, but it is to help you understand the seriousness and the weight of what we're talking about. Because pornography is always about making a deal, and it will always rip you off. And again, sometimes we go to this because we're curious, because we're bored, because we want to see beautiful ladies, right? These are all reasons and and purposes for why we do this. And the truth is that you may or may not know this, but you are being majorly and unbelievably ripped off. If my friend were here tonight, I bet he would say, man, I wish I never would have looked at that stuff. 15 years, married three kids, serious, it's serious. And I want to share a passage of scripture with you because I want you to see kind of a picture of what Proverbs tells us about this particular sin. He, um, the, the thing about Proverbs is that it was written by a guy named King Solomon. Solomon is one of the wisest men to ever live, right? One of the wisest men to ever live. And what was cool about this is that he kind of wrote this, this book as a way of encouraging young men into adulthood. And some of the things that are in the book of Proverbs are kind of a way to just encourage, hey, you're a young man and you're moving into adulthood. And this is a perfect passage um, about what we're talking about tonight. I want to read it to you. Proverbs chapter 5 is going to come on the screen. Here's what it says. It says, my son, again, it's a father writing to his son. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Students, pay attention to what we're talking about. Pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. Listen to this. For the lips of an adulterous woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as gall, as sharp as a double edged sword. See, what we tend to think, this is the next part of your notes, what we tend to think is a great trade ends up being a scam. What we tend to think is a great trade in pornography, because it's a temporary pleasure, it's a temporary fix. But see, every time we go that direction and every time we go look at that stuff, the result of after is we feel awful. We feel guilty. We feel bad about it. We feel like God doesn't love us. We feel like, you know, we, we just messed up too bad, which is very far from the truth, students. I want you to know the grace of God is sufficient for you. And He sees past our sin. Now, when we look at things that are inappropriate, it does affect us. But that doesn't change that God's grace is sufficient and God's grace is is, is, uh, is present. But I want you to think about this. When the Bible says, her lips drip honey, 
and her words are smoother than oil. In other words, right, what Solomon is telling his son is that the adulterous woman, okay, who, let's just say, is just trying to get you to do what she wants you to do. The adulterous woman, right, looks like she has a lot to offer. She sounds like she's offering a really good deal. But then what does it say? It says, but in the end, she is bitter and sharp as a double-edged sword. And basically what King Solomon is telling you, what King Solomon is telling me is he's saying, listen, He's saying, lust, looking at a woman sexually, will entice us with smooth and sweet words. But in the end, in the end, it will end up tasting bitter and disgusting. In the end, it will end up tasting bitter and disgusting. See, students, this is a problem that most of us face. Most of us face the temptation of looking at women in a wrong way. And if you haven't done that, then that temptation is going to come your way. And I want you to be prepared. I want you to know what is, I want you to know the appropriate way to handle that situation. See, a lot of times, when we look at these beautiful women, right, what happens is we, we go to this because we, we, want to feel, we want to feel strong, but in the end, it robs us of our strength. When we choose to dive into pornography, it robs us of our strength. We, we want to satisfy our curiosity, but it actually makes us feel guilty. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand in here. For those of you that have ever experienced these emotions and have ever made this decision. But at the end of the day, you know that when you do that, it's not like after you do it, you feel great about yourself. You don't feel great about yourself. You feel guilty. You feel like you've lost your strength. You go to pornography to feel accepted, but you end up feeling isolated. You don't want to be around anybody. You don't want anybody to know. You want it to be kind of your own little secret. And I want, it, I want, you, to, I want you to know I'm, I'm speaking to you because I have had this struggle too, guys. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. And I can tell you that everything I'm saying is of truth. Or we go to pornography to feel successful, but what happens is it ends up making us feel like a failure. It's what happens. It's a serious issue. It's a serious thing, and I want you to know how to handle it. Now, I know there's different people in the room. Some of you could, could care less what I'm saying. You disagree with me. You don't think it's that big of a deal. You listen to two stories like Ted Bundy and my buddy, and you just kind of want to get over this thing and go to Mike's party, and you're rolling your eyes. And, hey, you know what? For you, this is my question. My question is, when it comes to going to pornography to fulfill these needs that you really have, How's that really working for you? Of course, I don't want you to answer the question, but I want you to think about it. See, because really what we think is a physical need that we have, man, it's really an emotional and a spiritual need. And the only way that we're going to grow up and have 
healthy and successful relationships with women, with girls, healthy and successful dating relationships, healthy and successful marriages, right? Man, is if we get our fulfillment, right, in healthy relationships, in a healthy relationship with God. God is the source of fulfilling all of your needs. And sometimes what we do is we go outside of this circle, don't we? We go outside of this circle because we think that something outside of this circle is going to fulfill our needs. And let's be honest, let's be for real. Temporarily, it does sometimes. Temporarily, it may satisfy. But shortly afterwards, we feel guilty. We feel bad about ourselves. We feel isolated from people. We feel like something's wrong with us. And I want you to know, guys, if you have this struggle, that does not mean that something is wrong with you. That does not mean that something is, is wrong with you. I don't want you to feel that way about yourself. I don't want you to look at yourself in that way. It means that you have a sin issue. And when it comes to sin, see, anything outside of this circle is considered sin. Anything other than a man and a woman who are married as husband and wife having sex, anything outside of that is not the way God intended it. Anything outside of that is considered sin. See, when we look at images or movies or things online and we try to imagine ourselves with this lady that we're looking at, that's sin, guys. It's a sin issue. It's a sin issue that, that I believe God wants to free you up from that. And God wants to help you through that. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you very, very quickly, and then we'll answer a few questions about a couple things you can do. So if you're taking notes, let me give them to you. Number one is call it out. Call it out. Don't ignore the struggle that you have if you are struggling with this area of your life. Call it out. See, I know some of you are over this conversation. You've already tuned out. You've already rolled your eyes. I get it. That's fine. I wish you wouldn't be that way. But see, there's others of you in here, right? Others of you in here who, man, you really want to quit looking at this stuff. Like it's really bothering you and you really want to cure. You really want to stop, right? And here's the thing. I do not have a cure for you. But what I can tell you is call it out. Call it what it is. Listen, uh, uh, make, make yourself uh, admit that, man, you've, you've got a struggle, Right? And uh, at the end of the day, the things that you want when you go to that, the only one that's going to fulfill you, fully fulfill you, is God himself. He is it. So call it out. Secondly, tell someone about it. Students, tell someone about it. Tell someone about it. I'm not going to say any names or any groups, but I know there was a small group in here tonight. A couple of weeks ago, there was a kid who came to his leader and admitted to, to having this struggle. And you know what happened is that leader was able to help that student out. And, and he was able to help him with his phone and delete some things from his phone. Tell somebody about it. I have got an account, accountability partner. We meet every two weeks. And this is something that we talk about. We ask each other the question, hey, man, dude, how, how's it been going in the area of, of uh, you know, girls, man? Have you been tempted to look 
at anything? Have you been tempted to go to any websites, man? Have you been, have you been doing any of that stuff on your phone? And I'm telling you, since I have had accountability in my life, guys, man, that's been a huge healing process, a huge help to me. So tell us some about it. Thirdly, progress is not perfection. Progress is not perfection. Here's the deal. This is a battle. I don't know if you remember, but a couple months ago, I had some boxing gloves, and I was talking about King David, and I was talking about fighting for your purity. Guys, understand something. In a world where this is so, everything outside of this circle is so easily accessible, it is a battle. It is a fight, and it's not one that you're going to win overnight, and it's not one that you're going to win by yourself. You need God's help. You need people. Progress is not perfection. It's not going to happen immediately. If you fail, if you fail and you look at something and you're not happy with yourself, tell somebody about it. Confess it. You know what the Bible says? It says, confess your sin one to another so that you may be healed. God can heal you of that stuff. He can heal you of that stuff. Lastly is this, make a better trade. Make a better trade. When you're tempted to go and look at something, right? Then use that as a cue to do something different. Use that as a cue to, to go outside, to go shoot basketball, man, to, to, if you've got accountability partner, if you want to call your small group leader, I mean, I got people in my life, when I'm tempted to do something like that, man, they've told me, dude, it doesn't matter if it's three in the morning, three in the afternoon, you can call me anytime. If you need me to pray for you, if you need me to talk to you about this and try to get you, your mind settled on something else, man, and, and, and guys, this goes back to last week, what Kevin Monahan talked about, he, he talked about setting up guardrails. Guards to guard your mind, to guard your eyes, to guard your heart so that you don't go in this direction. Well, as, we, as I close this, I want you to know about the greatest trade of all. This is, not, this is not a trade that will ever rip you off. Jesus said it like this, or Paul said it like this. He said, God made him, meaning Jesus Christ, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for every sin that you've committed from the time you were born to this point and from the time from this point to the rest of your life. He died on the cross for those sins. And he took your place on the cross. And so I would urge you and encourage you to accept that free gift of salvation. If you've never accepted Christ, and you want help in this area, if you need some prayer, man, we've got plenty of leaders that can stay around tonight. I'll be on the stage if you just want somebody to pray with. Man, and I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to be embarrassed about this particular thing in your life because, listen, call it out, tell someone about it. No one's going to embarrass you. No one's going to make fun of you. No one's going to be like, man, what the heck? I can't believe. No one's going to treat you in that way. Instead, man, we're going to pray for you. We're going to ask for God to give you strength in this area, for God to heal you in this area, for in those moments when you're tempted to look at something that you shouldn't look at, or you're tempted to go outside of this circle, that God would give you strength not to do that. But understand, students, this is an everyday battle. 
I mean, this is an everyday battle. Some of the things that you're, you know, the girls at your school wear, it's an everyday battle, guys. Watching television, watching a basketball game, commercials come up, it's an everyday battle, guys. It's an everyday battle. You go to the mall, billboards everywhere, it's an everyday battle. It's an everyday battle, guys. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't escape it. You can't escape it. It's only going to get more and more accessible. What you can do is you can set things in your life and, 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 and ask God to give you strength. Now, here's the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to invite Mike to come up. Last thing I want to say is this. This is something that God used in my life when it comes to this sin, and I want to share it with you, and maybe it would help you. When I was in college, I came across a verse in the Scripture, and it simply says this in Romans 12, 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. And that's not the part I want to focus on, but then this is what the Bible says. It says, abhor what is evil and cling to that which is good. Now, you don't really hear the word abhor a ton. It's a really, it's a really intense word, meaning to really detest, to be repulsed, to hate something so much that you are literally repulsed by it, right? And, and I began, this is what I began to do. I began to pray and I began to ask God, God, would you help me to hate this sin. Help me to hate trying to go outside of this circle to get something that only you can give. You are the only one that can fulfill every need that I have. And, and guys, listen, my hope and my prayer for you is that one day, one day, you would be in this circle. That you would be the man married to your woman, the husband married to your wife, and then God will bless sex because that's what he intended. That's what he created. That's why he created it. That's what it's for. And my hope and prayer is that one day that would be the case. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We actually don't have a lot of time. And so here's what we're going to do. Those of you that turn in questions, we have a collection of those. We have those in the back. And we're going to do our best to, to give you to answer those. We're just going to have to answer those through a text, through online. And so just know that if you submitted a question, if it was serious and if it was of intent to, to, that deals with this series, that we will do our very best to, to answer that for you, to give you biblical, scriptural reference to that. But I don't want to get in the way of Mike's party tonight. But here's the last thing I want to pray for you. And if you're here tonight and you would say, everybody just bow their heads and close their eyes. If you are here tonight and you would say, Pastor Stephen, this, this is something in my life that I really, I really am struggling with, then I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that I want to pray specifically for you. I don't want to embarrass you, so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or look up or anything like that. God knows those of you in this room that are struggling with this, those of you that are struggling with trying to go outside of the circle here, He knows. He knows what's going on. That's the beautiful thing about God. He knows and he still loves and he still cares. And so I just want to pray for those of you who are struggling. So God, I come to you tonight and in a, in a room full of young men, 
I know that some in this room are battling this, this deal. They are battling this sin. Maybe they feel like they're all alone in it. Maybe they feel like there's nowhere to turn. God, I pray that you would help them to know, number one, first and foremost, that they are deeply, deeply loved, deeply cared about, God. That you, Jesus, died on the cross for their sins. You died on the cross for those mistakes that they have made, mistakes that I have made. And so, Father, I pray that they would not uh, feel alone in this battle. Secondly, God, I pray that they would, they would believe and understand how deep your love goes for them, that your grace is sufficient for them, and that your power is made perfect in our weakness, and that when we feel weak, when we feel like giving in to temptation, that, God, we don't have to do that. We can pray, we can ask, we can call it out, we can tell someone about it. And God, lastly, I want to pray that you would give them strength. Jesus, please. In a world where this is so easily accessible, in a world that says do what you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. God, that's not your plan. That's not what you want. That's not what's best. And I pray that you would please help these students to chase after what is very best and nothing less. And guys, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I also want to talk to those of you who, man, you've, you've, never, you've never gone down this road. And I don't want you to look up at me. I don't want you to raise your hand. But I just want to pray for you that God would continue to protect you from this part of, uh, of life. And so, God, I pray for those, those students. There are students in here that have never, have never gone down that road. And I thank you for that. I praise you for that. I pray and I ask in Jesus' name that you continue to give them strength to not give in to the temptation that the world wants them to give in to. I pray for that. I ask for that. Please, in Jesus' name. And lastly, God, as men in this room, help us to honor you. Help us to honor women. Help us to respect them. Help us to love them well. To honor them, God. But we need your help to do it. And so it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.